it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the a seat of a rally here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the rally podcast. Uh, the new season's upon us already. <laughs> We're into 2023. That's hard to believe, isn't it, Connor? It is indeed, and a very happy new year, Kevin, to yourself and all the listeners. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yep, I echo your sentiments there. Totally happy new year to yourself and everybody, you know. Uh, it's been uh, 2022 was a fantastic year, and here's hoping for more of the same in 2023, really, you know, so... Absolutely. And I think we're going to knock it out of the ballpark from the get go with what yeah. we have lined up for today. It is. It, you know, like this is, you know, this is one of them things that, you know, you dream of who you'd love to interview. And this is one of those names that's definitely up there, you know. And um, whenever this guest agreed to come on, it was a bit of a, you know, oh my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to have to talk to him now, you know. But what a pleasure it was. Uh, Paul Nagel, um, what can we say? you know blew me away with uh the chat you know it was an absolute pleasure to chat to paul and just to say thank you very much paul it was a, a pleasure from our point of view wasn't it connor oh uh, no listen we were delighted and blown away we honestly didn't expect paul would have the time because you know with obviously just retiring and still very much a part of what's going on in, in the world of rally and both at home and abroad we didn't think he'd have the time, let alone in the run up to Christmas as well. So, um, yeah, it was just phenomenal that he that he took time out to speak with us. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, not only took time out, put a lot of effort in from his side as well. You know, the detail he goes into in the conversation it is just, you know, it's a joy for us and a way to listen to. And I hope that comes across, you know. Um, so, you know, as always, please, can you like, share, comment, rate, all those things, you know, makes a huge difference, you know. But, like, you know. Paul Nagel is going to go down in the Irish history of rallying as one of the most successful uh, uh, entrants ever. Absolutely. And at times, maybe, you know, his career has been overlooked, but, you know, phenomenal 102 WRC starts, five WRC wins, 18 podiums. He's also been Irish Tarmac champion. He's been the IRC champion. Um, and I forget how many fastest stage times, you know, thrown in there as well. So phenomenal career over what a space of 18 years in, in the WRC side of things anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when we start right back at the very beginning and work our way through his career, you know, and like, and I started off by asking him, you know, like, what was it, you know, growing up, was it football or rallying? As a young lad, I'll grow up, I was, it was rally, but <clears throat> obviously carry back into in the late eighties and in, in early nineties, when I was young, like growing up, it was uh, it was obviously the prominent sport in 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 Kerry and in Ireland as well. Sure, Kerry were winning everything in GA, but uh, rallying was a uh, for me was uh, there was never a conflict. I was brought uh, everywhere from a young lad, from marshalling to timekeeping to to organising rallies, and it was always in the blood here. It was always at home. My dad was heavily involved in the rally of the lakes back and since the start in 1978 and I was in a young nipper up and racing around watching uh, the likes of Austin McHale and Billy Coleman and the, the Mantas and, and the Porsches and 
So it was always uh, it was always going to be destiny that I was going to go down the motorsport industry, and then uh, if you saw me playing football anyway, you wouldn't. I wouldn't be wearing the Kerry jersey anyway. I wouldn't be. <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, I broke. I, I actually broke more bones playing football than in rallying, and that that's that that sums the whole thing up really. And the, you know, you mentioned your dad there. Morris, as you say, was a huge you know part of the rally of the lakes, and then later on the historic rally. Do you remember the first time that you sat in the rally car? Like, uh, was you know, was there cars always coming and going about the house? And uh, do you remember your first time jumping in and smelling that, having that smell going through your veins? Yeah, it was it was always there. The when the rally was obviously in December, the the, the international rally. You'd have always. Um, Boys parking their trailers and cars in in in, in the garage on the Friday evening and the tra- and for scrutineer and everything. That was the first taste of it for a weekend when I was a young lad. But I always got him with my dad when he built his Lotus Cortina. Was, we did a bit of a test in uh, in O'Pealy Pass when it was built many years ago, and he was heavily involved as well with Liam McCallan and James O'Brien inside in the Sleeka days. He did all the gravel notes and and did helped out in the team coordination. So there were Nieper and there were Flanders and they did the Tamar Championship in the in the the one eight five and the two o five. So I got a run with Liam in, in Healy Pass back in if I'm guessing my '94. So that was the first time really inside in a, in a big car where there was a big uh, launch in Healy Pass with that. So uh, that was the early days of of rallying, and you'd always you'd always follow follow around with my dad and his friends and everything. And, and if you got to spin the car, even jumped into the car and sat into the car, that was enough when you're growing up. And that was what more to me than having a, a football or a golf club or anything to just to be around the engine, around inside the car and everything. And, and and just follow on from from listen to him and what he's wanted to do and what he said and and obviously he started doing his the historic rally in back in the mid nineties and that's where the whole dream started for me really. Yeah, and the, was that one of your first events? Then was the historic rally too back in the the mid nineties then? Yeah, ninety six. Yeah, the first historic rally. Um, myself and my my one of my best mates at home, Paul Hearn. He we went off to Cork to buy an Opel Corsa and. Uh, Brought down our school uniforms when we were young lads, and I parked. I had to park in my my shed at home because uh, his parents didn't know he had bought a rally car. So I got my convinced my dad convinced my dad to leave us do something. Just leave us up Mall's Gap. Just leave us up Mall's Gap. Whatever you could do, just do something for us. So we had to hand out sandwiches, and uh, we didn't adventure us day. Uh, we were we handed out all the sandwiches. We had a couple of spins and slides, and probably we Patterson pace nuts delivering sandwiches as well at the same time, but. <laughs> It was my first experience of a closed road. Was ninety six in the, in the Carsa, and from then on, then it it was it was a one way journey, really. Yeah, and like you, you know, you very quickly rose through the ranks. Like only like nineteen twenty years of age, you were sitting with Kieran O'Neill. Like at that stage, Kieran O'Neill was you know the modified guy. You know, he was always the star in RPM. Like that, you know, that was an interesting combination. This young Kerry guy starting out, and like you know, Kieran. This white boy from Belfast. How did that all fall into place? I went out to the Isle of Man rally in uh, so one thousand I went out to the Isle of Man rally in ninety seven as a holiday. Out, but uh, Dad was starting to promote the rally more internationally after the first historic rally. So we got out to the Isle of Man. I met Kieran out, and I, if the truth was known, was my first time ever had sociable drink and and fell in with those clientele and all around the streets of uh, of Douglas. And he asked, would that was in September, yeah. So he asked, would you ever go and go rallying? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to get in there. And I was doing, I did a few rallies with Paul at home, double O and a couple of rallies. But he said to me, so I'll, I'll bring you for a rally. And, and then came 90, if I'm right in saying 98, 
we went off and did the 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 modified championship in Ireland back then or whatever it was the national and we won the best two liter in Killarney in 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 98 which would have given us the Sean Collin trophy which was the boy that drowned in the in the lakes many years before that and that was a big thing for me to get that as well because it was a somber time in in Killarney when that happened mm. and then we went on to win the historics that year and to to win the historics obviously and my dad won the rally as well it was a very special occasion but Kieran took me under his wing that time and I probably bypassed a lot of the apprenticeship years by getting mm-hmm. in with Kieran because obviously as you said he was high profile and I I kind of worked my way from there and uh, as a young fellow I believed in myself I was always believed in my own ability and I uh, I could take on a challenge I got in with Kieran and a lot of people didn't think I was up for it but uh, I always look back and he was the man that started me on the ladder and there's been a lot of steps in the ladder but to get on the ladder to to success and to get into the WRC and everything, you need you need some kind of a, a base. And he put me in the first couple of steps, and I miss kindergarten if you want to call it a better <laughs> way. And uh, he taught me a lot of things, and I learned a lot. I learned an awful lot with though that crowd. Some of it to do with rallying, uh, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I learned I learned the socialising side, and I learned the rallying side, and I learned a lot of the rights and wrongs of, of life. And uh, I was only. Ch- kid back then but uh Kieran always kept me under on uh, kept me in his uh, wing and to this day I still I still regard him as a friend and he was very very good to me and Eugene Donnelly then uh come a call in, uh, in 2000 to 2002 like Eugene was starting to become a familiar name on the stages was starting to you know become the star that we we knew how you know how he developed into that like was that like it was obviously a step up from Kieran, but was there a step up in pressure as well, or did you thrive in that? I I probably worked on it a lot. I I started doing the forest rallies in the north and driving on blind notes on Patterson's blind notes as well, which was a big learning curve in the forestry. And uh, obviously, I was bursting to get into the G three, which is the famous G three, and then I I wasn't probably I had enough experience in the tarmac to go in with him, but. I was learning fast in the forestry. I did the bushwhacker in the skill and um, the Toshiba back in the day, and we did the full southern forestry as well. And we finished second racing Brian Murphy all year. I think it was Brian, yeah, with a couple of great battles, and we did the BDA there. But my first taste of the, the G3 was in, in Cabin in 2000, and uh, I think we were third overall there. And, we got, and then it was the first year that the whole controversy over the international and the national and the modified cars were split and everything. And that was a the first year where I felt, geez, this, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of hassle. All these modified boys are getting very angry because mm-hmm. Eugene was fit to beat most of the boys, in, a lot of the boys in the world cars, and he was finishing fourth and fifth in rallies. And all of a sudden, come, I, I think it was Killarney, it was come Killarney, he said, no, there's no more. You have to be separate, national and international. And went off to win the national in Killarney, went through a hedge, obviously, in, in Luckaloo and, and the same stage at Dandre Nesbitt, famously ran out a few. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. And uh, went off to went off to Donegal again and, and you know you, you hear about the Donegal National has been is nearly more sought after mm-hmm. than the international and I was fortunate enough to win the very first one thinking at the time it was terrible Gee, why can't we be um, getting overall result here well, I think we're maybe six or seven overall but we won't be classified and mm-hmm. it's a terror like and there was a lot a lot of hassle over but look back now and have your name on the national in Donegal is, is nearly as big as winning the international yeah. But yeah, I learned a lot from Eugene. Eugene was uh, had been around a long time. He'd co-drive and drove as well, and and uh, he taught me a lot to about pace notes and organisation, how to present myself inside and outside the car. It was 
it was a big stepping stone again um, coming from Kieran to in with Eugene and, mm-hmm. and then to go a step forward into the in 2001 was was probably foot and mouth was it? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was obviously no rallying in Ireland most of that year as well. I'd be right in saying that, would I? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, because you kind of started then to spread your wings a bit across the uh, across the water, done some of the 106 Cup things that got there with the likes of. Rory and Gary and uh, Sean Gallagher. That was all one, all two type type time. I oh well, yeah, one yeah, and it was foot and mouth year. That's right. Mm-hmm. I got in with a. Uh, I did the last two rounds of Rory Gallagher that year, and, and mm-hmm. he needed to cover for the Scottish and and uh, the Silverstone Rally, and he won the rallies and won the championship that time. And mm-hmm. but I also got in doing grab nuts with uh with with uh, Martin Rowe, Niall McShay, and Rory, mm-hmm. uh, uh, between Bobby Willis and and a few more. Um, of the World Championship. That was the first taste, really, of World Championship was uh, doing grab notes. Uh, was for Bobby was co-driving the World Championship with Abdul Abakashab. And he got myself and Niall, myself and Martin, uh, Ro, and obviously Rory as well in Greece. So that's where I got to know Rory, and that's how the whole thing kind mm-hmm. of got me into the World Championship, and I got a taste of that for the first time. And, and got in and saw the likes of Colin McRae and Nicky Christ and Phil Mills and all these boys inside in San Remo <clears throat> in 2001. And... Uh, the putting out was bad for Irish motorsport, but it gave me a, it gave me a, another side of motorsport that this might this this is not bad. I wouldn't mind going this way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I continued in two thousand two with with Eugene in the I didn't get to drive with Rory in the factory car. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean two rallies and and uh, obviously Mark Fisher passed away that year and birthday in tragic accident. Mm-hmm. And Rory Rory our guardian obviously was co driving for Mark and he was the right person to sit in with so with, with Rory to follow me. I did two rallies and. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready and if I went in there I wouldn't have lasted to go into a factory car in the British Championship uh-huh. um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't have been right no. so I um, but like, I even, got... at, even at you were what 21, 22 at that stage and going and sampling the WRC doing gravel like you must have been looking around pinching yourself really at that stage were you? I was yeah I, I, I was I was in awe of some of it watching yeah. what goes on and See all the like that back there. There was all the cigarette money of Marlboros and you know, Marlboro and five by five, five, five and yeah. you know, movie star and, and Ford and everything. And it was it was huge. Like the World Championship they back there. Mitsubishi were there as well, and it was huge back then in the day. But uh, I just put my head down and said, "Yeah, we'll try and get there some stage, but I'll have to do a bit of groundwork for a while." <clears throat> and then we in two thousand and two, I, I also did the last of the year. Uh, James O'Brien's co-drive for Gary Jennings in in that year the cup, and I was sitting in Rory last couple of rallies and. Obviously, James was with Andrew Nesbitt as well. So that Gary's seat came available for 2002. Mm-hmm. And because James couldn't go again, he was thinking he'd stop, stop gap with Gary and obviously Rory. And so I was left in with Gary. So that's how the whole mm-hmm. thing started with Gary. And I was sitting with Eugene as well at the same time yeah. in 2002. And uh, I started with both championships with, with, with both of them and, and came to, I think, I'm a certain. Gary won the first couple of rounds and the Pirelli was a back-to-back and was clashing with the forestry. So my, Eugene was in the Salika in the forestry and I was leading and I had another crossroads again, another angle that I said, well, what am I going to do here? I can't do both. Mm-hmm. So after again, I opted to, to go like, uh, my future has to be if I stay in the BRC with Gary and I mm-hmm. had to turn, turn down Eugene and, and I I left Eugene that time. I did. I finished out the forest championship but that's where Paul Kiley got in with um, right. Eugene from then and uh-huh. obviously Eugene went on the winner five or six titles in a row and I mm-hmm. went on to win the, the Peugeot Cup in uh, the end of 2002 yeah I think it, and that you know for Gary at that stage and for yourself like that was massive 
Like that <clears throat> that one make championship at that time. Like there was probably maybe thirty cars turning up for each event. To, you know, to come out and talk there. That was that was something. We don't probably give Gary Jennings the the credit he was due at that time. It was probably the most competitive championship um, back then. Uh, mm. Like you know, as you said, thirty cars. You had Chris Meek. You had Rory Gallagher previously. Ryan Champion. You had Gary Sean Gallagher. It was just, it was relentless every rally. It was mm-hmm. battles left, right and centre. And, and to be fair, I think Gary learned a lot in 2001 and the first year in the foot and mouth and, and was quick at the start. And uh, 2002, he was definitely the cream of the crop and, and, and to go on and win the championship. And, and it was, it, the right man won the championship. But uh, the competition during the year was fierce, and it was it was very intense. And when there's when there's big money involved, winning a prize and a factory car and everything, it just raises the whole bar and the whole championship. And it's it's something we lack in Ireland now, and we lack in the UK as well. That these one make championships really sharpen you up as a driver and coder because when you have such a big prize, every second counts, and every mistake is is a big mistake. And, and back then, if you made a mistake and you cost them a victory, the championship's over. Like. Yeah, I like a half spin or anything could just lose. Maybe the difference between first and fifth, really, like never it's tenths of a second here and a you know a fraction of a second there. It's it's crazy, wasn't it? So, um, but excuse me, <clears throat> ah, excuse me, <laughs> two thousand and two. Then uh, Donny O'Sullivan, uh, closer to home as well. You got an opportunity to sit with him in the Group N cars, and Donny started then to progress up through. Was that just? Again, the local man, or how did that seat come about? Uh, Donny would be a neighbour. He lives across the road from me, and, yeah. and uh, I would have I would have been good friends of him all up to my rallying career. And tragically, his brother was killed in two thousand and one, uh, and there was no rallying. I was in foot and mouth. And two thousand two, we we ended up doing Killarney in the Group N car, and uh, we won Group N in Killarney as well. So, and my relationship with him continued on, <clears throat> obviously, and uh, to this day still continues with a couple of great results and. Tony was a good driver and we had a Group N Super in 2002 and uh, it was another box tick, another category, one in Killarney, you know, and uh, any, any, any big results you can win in your home rally is, is, is a bonus. So mm-hmm. he, he helped me in the early days to win to win, to win Group N there. Yeah, and like, you know, they always say, you know, you, you, you learn from losing, but you also learn from winning. Like, uh, you know, that experience that you got with him, you were able to carry that and, you know, you know with Eugene and, and with Gary, like every, all this, you know, all this that you're building up, you, you know, this is stuff you're putting in your co-driver's bag that you are able to take to that next level. You know, like, uh, you know, Donny, you went and done the round, was it Rally Spain? You were probably ready for the WRC at that stage, you know, like, probably the year previous, you'd have been a wee bit out of your depth, but you were there, you wanted to make your mark as much as Donny did that for that weekend, I would say. Yeah, we did. We went to Rally Spain in 04, and you felt you were ready for the World Championship and you felt you were, yes, you had enough experience done, but it was an eye-opener out there. We mm-hmm. we did it on the back, on the side of M Sport. It was a massive experience. It was mm-hmm. like everything from, from the moment we left home for Reckies and and it was down at the Mar in Rally Spain where the famous Panizzi hairpin is where he did the dance of the Peugeot many years ago. That was the last year, obviously, in the de Mar. So we got around the rally, we finished in the top, I think, 15th or 16th overall, but... Mm-hmm. It was where I definitely, and you can't buy experience in the World Championship, yeah. you can't get experience and you can't train for it, you need to be there, you need to be around the people. And mm-hmm. uh, When I got out of that rally and finished, I said, right, that's 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 it, I need to get, how do I get here and how do I get here as quick as possible? I probably had my, I, I, was, I got my results in Ireland home, I was second in, in Killarney that year or the year before. And, uh, 
it had to be. And I was racing all year with the McHales and yeah. uh, in in all four and, and Derek McGarity with my seven Donny would have been championship and and with a huge Carson Killarney. But yeah, at the end of the year to get Catalonia and to be running, as I said, alongside the M Sort banner and dealing with the people and everything and trying to build up a as I always say to co drivers anyone in World Championship, you have to build up a database and, and build up the P and get in with everyone and talk to everyone and, and every day is a school day and I had to build it from there and, and that was that was another step, another step on the road. Yeah. And like say at this stage now you were like in your early twenties, had you a trade to fall back on or was it all channeled into co driving? Oh uh, no, I was I'll be clever enough that way. I would mm-hmm. I, I, I was lucky enough to get into the ESB, which is a government job in the south. Right. And uh, uh to this day I always had it and I never mm-hmm. lost it and, and I was still working back then obviously because mm-hmm. we're only doing rallies now and again, but you need something to fall back in, but uh, it wouldn't bother me how I was working back then when when mm-hmm. I, when I got my teeth into it and what I wanted to go and what my direction I wanted to do. Uh, there was no job or anything in the world going to stop me <laughs> to get the world championship. Yes, uh-huh. and like yeah, that opportunity then come around with the McHales. You know, you talked about you had been risking them. You know, for Gareth to come <clears> along, um, you know, was that a phone call or was that a, like a chat somewhere? How did that all happen? That you know, Gareth. You know, was relatively inexperienced. You know, done the two six, uh, but to step into a world car was like going to be a big step up for him as well. Oh, it was, yeah, because he was in. He did some of the Persia Cup rounds as well, and I suppose I was racing Aston all year in two thousand and four, uh, and I'd get known well, and and the McHale family are obviously well renowned in Irish motorsport. And I think it was the prize giving at the end of the year. He said to me, "What was I doing next year?" I said, "You know, I haven't a clue." And he said, "Would you sit with the young fellow in Galway in the Corolla?" I said, "You know, why, why not?" And that's where it took off. He was going to do the Forest Championship. We started with Galway and we started with the Forest Championship and started with uh, the BRC as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all my with all my rallying in Forest with Eugene and, and down through the years, I'd never won the Forest Championship second twice because I'd obviously missed rounds or skipped rounds or something mm-hmm. else clashed. And I got in with Gareth to do, do, do... We did... I think we did... Yeah, we did Galway and then the rest of the Forest. We, wouldn't, we won the Forest Championship mm-hmm. in 2005. And so it's... It, it's a great way to learn your trade in the Forest Championship. You rack up, rock up on a Saturday evening or Sunday morning, get your pace notes, go through scrutiny. There's so many stages, and you're driving blind. So it's like you're learning fast, and you're mm-hmm. learning and what will be thrown against you. And obviously, won that, and obviously there's a lot of pipeline. And you heard of Rally Ireland coming this pipeline, and and 2006 Garth planned to do nine rounds of the World Championship, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where the the big journey started, and that's where. Where the experience that I gained from that put me where I am today, really. Yeah, like uh, you know, again, like that was unheard of at the time. Like you know, this Irish team going out and like it wasn't just doing a round or two rounds. It was a like a substantial program that was being put in place as well, wasn't it? Yeah, we we I I'm certain we eight or nine rounds in two thousand six in a brand mm-hmm. new and a, that was two and a two thousand five um, focus, yeah. and we were more or less teammates with. Uh, with with Malcolm Matthew Wilson, yeah. so and it was the candidate rally Ireland um, rally that year as well. So mm-hmm. in in Stormont to the, to get the World Championship rally. So we did we did I think we did we did Monty and we were, obviously went to Mexico and finished sixth and we scored our first World Championship points. Mm-hmm. So that was another box ticked for me. And we went on to do Germany, Argentina, and Japan with all the European rounds: Sardinia, Portugal. Mm-hmm. Like we we'd nine. I think certain it was nine rounds in two thousand six, and we had the candidate event as well in, mm-hmm. in Rally Ireland. But 
the the experience I learned and what uh, what I thought I knew about motorsport and what I thought I knew and how taught how good I was and all before <laughs> I got to this before I got to this I hadn't a clue I hadn't a clue and it took me all that year to learn but myself and Gard learned well together we were great mates in and and mm-hmm. we enjoyed ourselves and we got massive a load of top ten finishes and obviously the standout would have been sixth finish finishing sixth in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it, it drew a lot of hype for, for the candidate of Inter-Rally Ireland. And, and, yeah, and I, I, I got the ball really, you know, got probably people outside Ireland more focused on how good Ireland could be. And, you know, the, you know these guys weren't just this backwater. This, you know, people from Ireland rallying were, could be taken seriously. Because, like, uh, the following year, you just had the, you know, the brand new focus, uh, you know, the same as the car that uh, Marcus Grunholm was driving. You know, yes, with the first privateer, that's the first car time that that had been released into privateer hands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, we obviously we crashed out in the the candidate event in in '06, mm-hmm. and but the new car was coming for Galway. If I'm right in saying my, ourselves and um, and um, Marcus Graham were teammates in Galway that year. Yeah. He showed up and he was getting a bit of practice in, like like all the teams are when he drove mm-hmm. in Sordo and in Cork. He went to Galway, and mm-hmm. so. It was it was huge for us to 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 be a teammate along alongside him, but uh, look, it was hyped up to the Rally Ireland with the Mitsubishi's there, and we were in the in the focus with with a big crash. And to, just to keep, well, I clear the record, it was no late note that time. I think you had a chat with the Michaels a few months yes. ago. There, there, there's plenty on boards to prove. I called it plenty times on here, but anyway, we'll move on from that. But. Uh, yeah, 2007. Uh, it was it was another big year. We ended up Mexican, but the, we struggled a bit with the with the 2007 car. Um, <laughs> Gareth didn't have the results, and then with a with a couple of reasonable results in Portugal, and and, and with a huge accident in Sardinia, obviously, and uh, went down a ravine, and we were both airlifted to hospital and everything. But which which was a big damper in 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 my rallying career at that time and everything. And you know. Now, this is probably an aside. To come back from an accident like that, do you, you know, the next time you get back into a rally car, is there a fear there or do you have to block it out and just continue? You know, as if it never happened. Uh, I did. Uh, I, uh, you kind of worry about it all right at times, but I was doing so much rallying in 2006 and seven. Mm-hmm. Every every weekend was nearly a rally. I, I remember doing cock bars with Guy Wilkes, uh, myself and Garrett Road and rallying nearly the second week. And I had soccer ball with Chris Meek that year as well. He, he contacted me my first time in touch with him and he asked me to suck the and retired leading the rally and I think when I when I retired in, after crashing in Sardinia I had my the next two or three months off and to be fair I had a good chat with myself over the summer and saying you need you need there's more to life and mm-hmm. um, Chris Meek had spent a lot of time down in Killarney he kind of enjoyed the social life down, down in my part of the world and he'd been down a few times and I kind of switched off from rallying that time and I said no I need I need I need time out like and mm-hmm. It was when Chris came calling to do the Ulster and the, and the Pirelli Subaru was, was uh, again, as I said, there's plenty steps in the ladder at another step. Yeah, like that, you know, like for Chris Meek to step into the Subaru at that time, uh, like it was, uh, Mark Higgins had been using that car all year. And to go, you know, step into the Ulster, tricky conditions, uh, it was like a masterclass by the two of you. I think you like, just were fastest on, like, I think there were 16 stages, you were fastest on 13 of them or whatever, well, I can just remember right now. But like that, that was a, a, a you know, a, like a light in the talent of the, of the two of you. It's never been Chris. Yeah, it was uh, Chris talking me back. And I wanted to go. I wanted to take a bit of time out. And Chris talked me into go to the Ulster with the boatman and enjoy ourselves. And 
I think they're all all the big hitters of Ireland were there. Andrew Hedges was in the S twelve, and Eugene Donnelly was in the twelve, and all these boys are on. We landed with the S eleven, and I didn't know we were fast in thirteen to sixteen too, but I knew we won the rally by nearly three minutes. And I remember it was wet and damp, and, and Chris got in and put on slicks in the first stage over. I can't remember it, so I don't know what the name of the stages, but and I were fourteen or fifteen quicker than anyone, and just <laughs> led it from start to finish. And it was it was it was it was a special weekend, and it gave me the the love of the sport to go back at it. And the, and have a go again, and, and enjoyed enjoyed the whole rally, and and to, it was my first international win. I had won West Cork and won a few mm-hmm. rallies with Donny as well, obviously. But uh, West Cork won an international rally back then, so it was my first for first big, big outright win in, in Ireland. And uh, yeah, it was it, it was a good weekend. It was a special weekend. Yeah, because like you know, like never like that rally. Like I think I think I'm, I'm now. Somebody will probably tell me I'm wrong. I think you were fastest on 13, and the other three stages you were, you were second fastest on. Like, never that the things are so right in the car. Like, is it is it almost easy and like never flowing like that? Uh, it's never easy, but uh, it depends on the caliber driver you're sitting with. with uh, Chris Meek makes it easy most of the time. He can make it difficult a lot of time as well. But <laughs> when when he's on his moment and and in 2007. Uh, in the Ulster, uh, from he was he was on his own, and and he when he gets into a comfortable lead like that, and the speed he can carry, and he makes it look easy, makes it comfortable, and I'm I'm able to I'm able to adjust to him as well, and it comes it not come easier to me as well when when you're able to drive at that level and that comfort, and knowing that he's always in control. Yeah, and like you know, and and you know between the jigs and the reels, you know, there's a couple of years, but that kind of led on to the the, the Peugeot UK drive. And the IRC at that time you know, was a kind of predecessor to the European Rally Championship. Like, he's always said that, if, you know, if you said the car, you just could, you know, you just could win. And that year really, really proved it. Like, at that time, the IRC was, like, global. And he just travelled the world, uh, you know, South America, across Europe, Asia. I think we just won. You were competitive. You just won. And you just won the championship. That must have been a massive boost for the both of you at that stage. Yeah, like Chris was always, uh, it was one rally at a time. And when I did Rally Ireland, we obviously did Rally Ireland in, oh, in, yes, in 07. Yes. And we were third fast in the Stormonts. And obviously, yes. I had a, I had a, the biggest decision of my rallying career before that to, to, to go with either Chris or Gareth. And, and it was it was a very, very difficult decision for me to make. Mm-hmm. But... I feel I made the right decision, and to this day I'll I'll stand by it that I made the right decision. And if I I wouldn't be where I am today without the McHales, and mm. but I was, if I didn't make the right decision, then I wouldn't be where I am today either yeah. without Chris Meek. So uh, it was an awkward one. It was a difficult one. It was I didn't go down well for a long time. But look, again, I had to make my decisions in my career, and they're the decisions you have to make in in, in life, and, and if you want to be successful in any sport. You have to make the the hard decisions are are the most difficult, and I did rally Ireland. I was it, and obviously Garrett went off to win the. I'm right in saying he won the Tamil Championship the following year, and, and I was counting the Tamil Championships I'd lost. <laughs> but I was Eugene and with Garrett, and I had nothing here, honey. I lost the rally win. And I'm going, geez, I made some bad decisions, but uh, in terms, of, I went off, and the whole thing kicked out. That's why I brought that. I, the the yeah. whole thing kicked off with Perth UK by finishing fifth in Clarny in the Cleo. Right. And that took off to send us to Germany in 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 the World Championship Rally in the Clio, and we went to Russia mm-hmm. with the R3 Clio as well. And that's where we met my Mark Van Dalen from Cronus, who was running the 
Freddie Likes's and Nicola Vuez and mm-hmm. whoever were back and and, and obviously uh, Hugh Hannon was driving driving for them as well and we met him we retired we were driving the R3 car it wasn't really reliable and uh, we met him after the rally um, in the bar chatting and Mark said geez Chris you could do it. we could do get me out here and that's where the whole thing kicked off. It just took off from there, and, and obviously the whole world crashed in '08, mm. and we never get this over the line. And eventually, Perge UK stepped up with Cronus and, and Perge Sport and everything. And I was there starting the Monte Carlo with the fully draped Union color, Union Jack colours, and, 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 and I was never as happy. I carry my Union Jack. Yeah, it looked well. Yeah, it looked yeah. well, very well. But we, I remember, we were absolute. We were having a great battle. With, that was the first time we were teammates with Sebastian O'Shea, and that was the first time he came. He came to the fore, and he was teammates. He had the word of English, and yeah. he was our teammate driving the Michelin or the BF Goodrich car was, and we had Nicola Vuez, who was the reigning champion, and Freddie Light, so it was and with all the the Skoda boys, um, Jan Kebecki and mm-hmm. and uh, Hannon and and you had all the uh, Fiat boys as well, Anton Len and and Basso, mm-hmm. and we were we were in massive battle in Monty, and it was my first time ever to Monty. I was second time in Monty, but the conditions were appalling. There it was all the tricky mm-hmm. conditions, and there was a I think there was four of us starting the last morning. It was on the way down to Monaco. It was only 15, 20 seconds, and Johanna was off in the first car, first corner. Freddie got a puncher and we wrecked the oak in six gear on a straight line, hit a bridge on Aquaplane and, and slush. And the car was destroyed. A brand new Peugeot, absolutely destroyed. There wasn't a door, couldn't close the doors. It was a booing off on a straight line. It was just, yeah. we didn't, Chris didn't understand that how bad the slush should be. We just pulled six gear and it just Aquaplane. And to explain to Paris UK, the whole world is on its knees. Um, we're going, and we're heading to, we're heading, and we're heading to Brazil. And we were given the BF Goodrich car, BF Goodrich car to go to Brazil, and uh, Mark Van Allen said, "Don't you put a mark on this?" <laughs> and to be fair, Chris didn't, and we went out and won. We won. We won Brazil, and everyone talks about Azores now. And oh, Jesus, Azores is class. It's brilliant. Yeah. We went to Azores, and I had the clue. I had to fly to Lisbon. I said, "Where am I going from here?" And landed out and did the recce. Did most of the rally, and everyone said afterwards, "Do you see all the drops? Do you see all the I said, what drops?" We had nothing like because all the banks and the volcanoes were high, high like you wouldn't see them. Like, not a clue, no, I didn't do one. So I get home, I've I've two frame pictures of it, and we won, we won there as well. And then uh, the momentum, then, and, and as I said already, when Chris gets the momentum up, it's it's, it's hard to knock him. And probably uh, when I got to Ypres in 09 to win there was mm-hmm. at my at that time was the greatest victory of my career and it stands out as one of the biggest ones still yeah, it, it was but, so specialised at that time you know you almost had to be <clears throat> 10 times to build up the you know the the knowledge I suppose to, before you would ever be considered big, to be competitive there like, and to go there and won was special yeah you, you don't go like you don't go to Belgium and beat the Belgium no. you don't go and beat Freddie likes your teammates you just don't yeah. no one does it I think Chris is the second ever to do it in his first attempt but after 215k, there was 0.2 between ourselves and Freddie. And fair play, Mark Van Dalen at the time, Cronus, he just said, like, just steady yourselves with Persia UK versus Persia Belgium. And we were, they didn't want to make a mistake. Obviously, Freddie got a puncher, but it was an intense battle and it was just spectacular all weekend. And the race, the race that we just stretched away from Ennevels and Nickabu, as you'd all the feet, Yanka Pecky, Hannon did, they were nowhere. And ourselves and Freddie just pushed each other to someone was going to make a mistake, and we came out the right side. And 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 to be fair, it was it was superb. Yeah. 
and then San Remo as well. You know, outside the World Championship, you know, you have uh, Belgium and San Remo is another one of those iconic rallies as well, isn't it? Yeah, no, nine it like with the World Championship rally for years. We landed at San Remo in two thousand and nine, and and. The championship wasn't really like with Scotland left. We did we'd done our stories in Madeira. We were well beaten in Madeira. Madeira we finished fifth, but it was a very localized rally, and all the locals were well able for us. But uh, it was a uh, Stuart's win, Czech Republic as well. Obviously, Barmer we finished second to Quebec. So it was ourselves or Quebec who win the championship at all nine. Uh, the first night in in San Remo, uh, there's a couple of stages in the dark, and Quebec went off, and we were fourth. Like we weren't we weren't doing anything special, and. Uh, we were home in back in the hotel Friday night and then Chris we were fourth so and kind of the sums have been added if you win the rally you win the championship and like that's you're going to like well, there was no other option there was absolutely <laughs> and we're only there was only 15 racing 20 seconds between the four of us and there was Freddie Likes ahead of us and we're two teammates ahead of us so we said we'd get over him handing up and handing up a few on Basso Basso the local Italian he said you're not going to beat him and I said oh, we'll, we'll let him go because everyone was at Grandstand finishing in, in, in Scotland like and, mm-hmm. and got up that morning and after the second stage we were leading the rally and, and as I say, the rest was history. It was a special weekend, a special day, mm-hmm. a very special day in the Meek household. Yeah. Uh, it was an anniversary for their family, and uh, and uh, it was the first. It's a title. It's an it's IRC, IRC, whatever you want to call it. It's a European uh-huh. title, and yeah. uh, I, the right man won the championship, and and it was uh, and again he defined logic. Then when you win, when you win Belgium, especially mm-hmm. when you go and beat the Italians in the back door again. And your first, well, he, second attempt there, it's, mm-hmm. it's not possible. Yeah. And you had a lot of local Italians as well there that weren't in the championship but could score points because that then it didn't matter who showed up, you, it was open. They, they open points, uh, you, to beat, you just didn't have to beat Basso, you had to beat every single one of the Italians. Mm-hmm. And no, no better man on, on his day and uh, on, mm-hmm. a, on, a, on a road around San Remo. And yeah, and, yeah it, that, and was, like, that was huge. Yeah, and like even at that time, the 207 was almost a wee bit outdated as well, too. You know, like the, the M Sport and the Fiesta, you know, the thing had started to move on. To do what you've done on a car that probably wasn't cutting edge as well, too, was spectacular. Yeah, the, at the start of the year, Persia had the advantage, but the Skoda was coming quickly. Mm-hmm. Skoda were putting some some development into the car, and they were getting closer and closer as the year went on. And by the end of the year, they had probably the development done. They were doing an awful lot of work behind the scenes. and. But we had enough done, and obviously went to Scotland, and we and to this day we still won the rally. We were thrown out because yeah. some part was underweight, and Guy Wills got the win. But to me, I, I that's my victory, and and he, he nobody will take it off. It was no. a, it was a technicality, and it wasn't even it wasn't even performance related. It was just a technicality that was was stupid. But anyway, it didn't matter. We had the victory won that for that weekend. Anyway, we got the, we got we got value out of it. But anyway, it's Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday when it was over. Oh, you still like, the All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that then obviously led then to Pro Drive, you know, this huge team that this big aplomb they, they were bringing money back to the WRC. Like it really looked as if this was it. Chris Meek and Paul Nagel were hitting the big time. And the first year Yes, there was teething problems, but it was starting to come good, wasn't it? It was. We were testing a lot in in, in, two, in the two thousand ten, and yes, we were promised some money stars, and we did. I think we were scheduled with six rallies. We did a lot of recce as well ourselves and Danny Sordo, and we had we had reasonable. We we knew it, we had some um, um, technical issues and we had some problems with the reliability, but we we were off in, in France and. We, retired in a couple of rallies but we should have been on the podium in Rally GB 
uh, we spun the last last hair from on the on the on the stage in in Wales and and Hinnings Alba got the podium and Petrus for a podium was a big disappointment. Danny got a podium right in, in I think Alsace and uh, it looked good, but there was cracks there and there was mm. the writing was on the wall and and it was a it was a three year deal that came to an abrupt end and you know you don't have to say much. I think I, if I'm right in quoting what Chris Meek said and staff in 2012 was that. It's likely your girlfriend leaving to become a prostitute, and uh, <laughs> that sums it up. Like the car was rented out, then like yeah. and uh-huh. it look, it was left go. Like yeah. you don't need to throw your dirty laundry out in public. No. And what yeah. happened happened, and I felt it was over. Then I think that was we thought, geez, that's it. And Chris, Chris for sure, because he'd taken so many knocks back in the Citroen yeah. days and T mm-hmm. two days. I think he had he had his belly full. He said, "I've enough of this." And we kind of said, right, that's it. That's it. We were a three-year deal it over after six rallies, and and we were left with nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was that was it for. And you know, again, you have you like having breaks and rallying at times and having break. And I had six, I had six or seven months out in 2012 doing nothing. So mm-hmm. did it bother me? It probably didn't at the time. <clears throat> and you got the call then from from Craig to to come and join him for Finland. After the tragedy, you know, for for the with the death of Gareth Roberts, I suppose two two things there. How did how did you pick yourself up after what happened with Pro Drive to get back in the car? But how did you psych yourself up to to go into that situation? Uh, you know, to to support Craig and 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 get Craig through Finland. I think there's no way of psyching yourself up. I uh, I just ro- it rolled off my shoulders after the mini thing. I just kind of like got on with it, and I was I was still kind of floating around working, and it didn't. I it, it was just put away in the back. I did a few rallies at home and everything, and uh, obviously the tragedy happened in Tiger Flory, and <clears throat> there was lots of chat in the last co- the following couple of weeks that Craig would would go to Finland, and I felt like if the call came, yeah, that I would jump at it, and I wouldn't even question it, and. And uh, obviously, Craig, I would have known Craig just through rallying circles. We'd have been around the, around the same rallies together in ERC, IRC days in ERC and bits and pieces. And when the call came, and like we need, do we need, do we need some help here and go to Finland. And I didn't, I didn't even, I, I just said yes without even, without even thinking about it. I said whatever happens, we'll just go. I'll go. I go to Finland, and I knew I had the experience, and I'm dealing with a very young, a young kid, and a fella that has gone through something that no one wants to go through and no one will go through and the trauma he has put through and we're going to the biggest rally in the world the most famous rally in the world and I knew that the media would be on it and the whole world would be looking down at him and seeing how he's going to perform and to bring a, a young lad that's nearly broken to a rally you don't you don't learn you don't train you don't want to you'll never be trained to do anything like that you just have to be a kind of a figure you don't have to be a co-driver you just have to be a figure get in with the family with Ray and Jackie and and, and with Tom Garn as well running the car. You just had to g- just go with the flow and and do a job, but you have to do a job at a delicate situation. And and we went into the test and it was grand and remember giving into the, the shakedown it was on it was um Rua Mackey which is which is the, the power stage at the moment and I, well, I I don't don't open the doors. Don't open any doors at the power finishes the stage because it doesn't matter what you're gonna say, they're gonna be asking Difficult questions and kind of walked from there, and obviously we crashed out. <laughs> we crashed out in Kakarista here, but and it was the I feel it was the best thing ever happened. I and mean, you know, 
uh, accidents happen. It was a tragedy. It was a freak accident happened with Craig and it happened in Kakaristo. Then again, that we all walked away from a wreck and it it kind of it kind of gelled us together. And I said, "Don't worry." And he probably thought, "Oh, geez, he'll never go again." Like it's another bad accident, but. We went on, then won the last three rounds, and, and the character he showed and uh, was incredible to to get three podiums and go to Wales, go to Spain, obviously, and, and finish sixth overall outright, and, and and go to Wales as well, which is very hard for him and uh, from the situation he came from, uh, the character he had, but he had that from the two thousand the year before for winning that last famous rally in in in, in with JB winning all those stages, and it showed the character he had to win the championship, and uh, you know it's a. Uh, it's a part of my life that I don't really talk about. Is I just did a job and 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 forever and I'm he's forever grateful. I'm forever grateful to be involved in the team with him and involved that time. And it was it was not just me. It was a motorsport in Ireland helped. There was a lot of people who were behind us and a lot of people did things for us and a lot of people got me in, in the right place for it and everything. And you know, it, it was a special time when he won that title and and he deserves all the credit and deserved every bit of recognition he got that time to win it and and I'm just glad to be part of it. Yeah, and like you know, we we you know we kind of think you know Craig, you know he kind of wears his heart in his sleeve and whatever, but there's a like there is a, a an iron core to him or a steel core to him as well. Like to you know as you say to go back out there do what he done like and and the year before as well <coughs> and and GB. Like there is a there's a there's a steadiness in them, there's a determination in them as well. And that obviously showed that you know that he keeps bouncing back again as well. He does, he always does. And I said even to today, this day, he keeps yeah. bouncing back and he's lost his seats and he's got it back and he's lost it again. He's got it back and back in those days as well. And remember he's a young lad, like at yeah. one like at twenty one and twenty two, I wasn't thinking about rallying and I wasn't doing anything yeah. like that. And what he had to deal with and, and to put through his mind and get back into rally car. Yeah. And show the determination that we're knowing after Finland you have to win the next three rallies to win the championship. And he was determined that that he needed to win that championship for anything else for for himself and and to show that he was able to get back into rally car. And I think he did it in the best ability. And and he didn't probably get the recognition back then that he probably should have. And look back now, and but it took a big part of his life and a big toll out of his life. And and it'll always be with him. And then moving on to, to 2013, so you did a few more rounds of the ERC with Craig in the Peugeot Academy. And then towards the end of the year, you had a phone call from Andreas Mickelson. Um, what do you call to join him in Volkswagen for a couple of rounds? Again, what was that like moving to, you know, what was the most competitive team really at the time? It was very good. We were. It came as it didn't. It came half as a surprise. I was out. I was doing rallies all year with Craig, uh, with Craig. I was back in Ypres as well, and Chris was in Ypres in the R five, uh, doing zero car, and he obviously got the Citroen spin in 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 Finland with Chris Patterson, and they were doing the recce in Germany, and obviously Andreas's co-driver was was pulled from the rally because he had damaged vertebrae or whatever after Finland. And Chris just sent me a message saying that Mickelson might be looking for a co-driver for for. Um, for Australia and it just took off from there and Richard Browns he lives he's a neighbour over the road from me he was Andres's uh, engineer and it was a Thursday evening after shake after I think it was after shakedown that Andres was 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 out of the rally from not doing Germany and by Sunday the wheels were in motion with, with Sven Smith and the Oscar Vito and the whole thing was just spiralling out of control and to be 
and I had a lot of my own problems. I was said to then turn on Craig, like I have to go here and I'm have to be called into the factory car, and that was very hard to do. And because what we'd gone through, and I was helping him along, and I was leaving him on uh, out on his own. But I had to, I knew it was the right decision. He didn't have he didn't have any uh, problem with it, um, because he knew to us I was in the the opportunity to go into the the biggest team in the world at the time and to be team expert, um, Sebastian Ogier and and Latvala. But to get the seat, though, that was that was me. I felt that that was a, a, a again. We go back to the ladder. That mm-hmm. was a big turning point to be picked to be picked to sit with Andreas Mikkelsen of all the English speaking co drivers out there, mm-hmm. and to get into a factory car and to help the team score manufacturer point to help Volkswagen win the world championship uh, was was something very special for me. And we went to Australia, and obviously I went there racing against Chris, which he was in the Citroen, I was in the Volkswagen, and. Uh, I went and did France as well with Andres and obviously uh, Seb won the World Championship when I was part of that whole winning circles and it's strange to see that four or five years earlier the man couldn't speak a word of English and there was world champion speaking perfect English and uh, it was brilliant to be involved in that team and to, to see how a full factory team works. It was uh, it was uh, incredible to to be witnessed and it was another again another level gone so far on from what I thought I was at even in IRC days and yeah. Even with Perzos and everything, and no disrespect to that time, and, and Chris would even say it as well. It, oh, we're gone to another level again, and and it was it was it was just huge. But then then obviously Andreas was going to Spain, and Chris was going to Spain as well, doing gravel notes, and it was it just happened that Chris said to me, "Do you gravel notes for Khalid Al Kasimi and 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 Scott Martin?" And I said, "I'm not really pushed. I'm not sure what Andreas is going. No, you 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 need to come to Spain with me." So I did the recce into the gravel notes, and that's where. That's where the whole thing kicked off. Then that that yeah. tour was there. I knew nothing. I knew very little. Chris just said, "I'm not sure what you're at," and with Andreas and all this. And but he says, "There's a deal there next year for the World Championship, driving a Citroen in the 2014 World Championship, and I want you in the car. And we need to make this work. This is our, this is what we've all worked for: different angles, different shapes, whatever way we've mm-hmm. been around the long way, the short way. And it was, it was, it was. That was it." That was that was where you spend all your life trying to get to the top, and all of a sudden, it's there. You're going to be in Monte Carlo in 2014, driving for the Citroen World Rally Team, and it's it was I was it took me a couple of weeks at home going, oh, is this going to happen? Like you're going going to the World Championship, and you have a car that's capable of winning, you have a car capable of podiums, and this is what dreams are made of. And you know, you got a a podium on Monte, like. Was this just icing on the on the cake at the time? Then was was it becoming unbelievable? Nearly, it was. Yeah, I couldn't believe we got to, we got a podium Monday. It was like we started off, and I remember the rally was so treacherous and tricky, and uh, we had Ogier and 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 Elvin Evans and and what am I say Stephen Sarazan and I know Brian Brophy. He was there as well, and and we we got into a podium comfortably early enough, and uh, it was the start of Hyundai years as well, and the bit was off in the first stage and. It just we just managed the whole thing, um, and to get a podium on your first WRC rally with a factory team, you're going, wow, this is where do you go? Where what, where's the next step? Where do you want you want to go more? You want to go more? And it was it was incredible to you know, just to be up there in the, in the palace, up with meeting the prince and everything. And it, you look back now and you go, did that really happen? Like, yeah, and you had a good year that year, and in the DS3 that was becoming a little bit outdated, starting to get a little bit old especially compared to the polos, you know, he's seventh uh, at the end of the, the year. Like, what was the feeling then going into 2015? 
We'd good results all year. We'd, we'd, well, my team with podium and podium in Argentina, podium in Finland, podium in Assas, podium in in um in Australia as well. So we'd solid results, and I think the contract was renewed for 2015. But we knew the the, the Polo, the Volkswagens were very very strong, and they had the legs and some laterals. But our car handled so well, but the power and, and development you couldn't match them. And there were a lot of change of people, change of hands, and and in Citroen, and a lot of good people were leaving just for their own reason or for different jobs. But uh, the Citroen was lacking a bit, yeah. But it still was a very competitive car, and we started 15 with Loeb as a as a teammate. And uh, we bought well, actually we bought retired in Sweden, and we we had a very bad start. Two thousand fifteen, we were stuck in snowbanks in in Sweden, and uh, we're off the road in Mexico, and then it came to Argentina, and uh, probably the backs were against the wall. Like, we were under a bit of pressure, and 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 a lot of questions have been asked about Chris Meek and, and and Paul Nagel and what what would you, they're not doing well, they're struggling here, the polos are winning, and, and never knock a man when he's down, and and we start in Argentina, and it was. Am I right in saying two stages done twice on the Friday, which was there were thirty k's each. Polos were giving trouble. We led it from the start, and it was a rally weekend that was pretty straightforward. You know, we've often battled to get a podium, battled to get a fourth place, and we got a nose out in front. And the Mats, Mats was second to us, their teammate at the time. And the car stalled once, I think, in, in one of the rallies. But I never felt at ease out in the stages but back in the service park in the background and and, the, and on Saturday night when we had, we had a 30 second lead Saturday night and you're on the verge of winning your first WRC rally you knew the weight of the country was behind you but you were glad there was a different time zone because at least they wouldn't be bothering you and you had people texting me going Jeez, I'm, go- I'm going to mass I'm going to mass for you tomorrow like, oh, God, God I'm not at home or this rally's not an hour an hour's yeah. old and I knew the following day we were going to El Condor which is the most famous two stages in Munich Liber and El Condor I was El Condor done twice and it's most one of the most famous stages in Argentina. It's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's like the moon, as I call it. And we had podiums there beforehand, but uh, I'd never seen so many journalists on edge, you know, because no one had won a rally in the UK or uh, never in Ireland. And uh-huh. and yet Colin, since Colin or, or Richard, and mm-hmm. I see David Evans and Colin Clark and Bex and all these people that have been around for the last big win on, on the Sunday morning. Going, Geez, this is not great. You're looking at all these, they're on eggshells. And I go, I need to get out in the road section. It was about 80k is out, out, out to El Condor. And I got into gas. Chris, great to get out here. Because, yeah, yeah, great. And we did the first run and, and, and Colin, a big regroup. And then Elf and Evans got into the podium with Dan for his first podium. And Chris Patterson, we were with Khaled. And Marshall Clark was sitting with Al Kasimi, I think. Al Kamimo, one of them, Al Kwari, I think. And he was winning another category. So we're all there. I was in great company and great people around me when I was leading the rally. But then all of a sudden, it just took off on the last stage with Mickelson going off and Neville going off and I was going, I can feel the phone beeping in my pocket. Yeah, because I, can see, I, know they're, I know they're going off. I know they're going off. I can see it and everyone was telling us back in the start line and everything. I was going, my poor parents at home, poor every Irishman watching the rally. I wonder, yeah. my God, is, is Chris Meek going to get through this stage? But you just know sometimes that yeah, you, you know you're going to win this one and, and, and to get through in the last stage and comfortably in a Citroen 1 2 one. One of the finest moments you'll ever remember as a as a driver co-driving the Aldrin, the first one, and it was very special. And you realised all the hard work of of probably yeah twenty years of starting my first day out was to win in Argentina. Yeah, and like and, to to have that you know that feeling, like does it hit you immediately? You know, shit, I've done this, or is it sort of like do you get caught up in the wave and you it's, it's going to be only a day or two later that it finally hits? 
No, for me, I have to see. I, I obviously won the rally to stop the car, but you just still have to get through the last control service over the ramp into Park Firma. Takes all that. It took a big night out and a long flight home. <laughs> and uh, by about Tuesday, Wednesday, you're a world championship winner, and, and you, you just feel you feel on top of the world for for a few days, and you not know, go down and, and you get back to you just get back to. Chris is very focused, and you get back, go back rallying again, go back straight away, and. We sunk in some huge results in the rest of that year. We were second in GB and third again in Alsace. And there were some huge, huge results at the end of the year to to to, to really give us the the stepping stone to get into the new generation cars. But that second place in GB was everybody as good as winning in Argentina at the time to get to get a contract. And we were racing Volkswagen on their back door. We knew we knew how good we knew we were our back door. We knew how good the Volkswagen was in slippy, tricky conditions, and yeah. we were within I think finished sixteen seconds behind Oger after after three days of rallying. And, for that result was 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 as big as some of the results we'd have had to, to to get us into the get us the big contract for the for the next three years. And Paul, you mentioned there prior to Argentina, obviously, you know, the, the the pressure was on, and and you mentioned not only the pressure on from from the employer, but also you know from you know, your conscious your your fans and and countrymen are watching, um, what you're doing, like. I suppose as fans, we forget sometimes that, you know, this is a career, it's a professional job you guys are doing. It's not just you're, you know, ha- doing your hobby there, but you're actually, you know, being paid to do this as well. How do you handle the pressure? How do you stop it getting into your head or, or can you? You can, well, you just delete social media, you get over that after a while. They got a lot worse in 2006, 17, really. But the pressure you kind of deal with, it just gets normal. The pressure, the expectations, the 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 team, what the team expected, I mean, that gets very normal. And I've seen that now since I've retired. That I've dealt with pressure as speaking to you here this minute. It just comes normal. It's just normal, normal. There, you get up to go to a rally. The pressure is there, but it, it doesn't feel like pressure. It's when you step away and look back to you, a lot of the pressure there. But we were in the but and like. Chris because he's a he's a special character and and when he was under pressure when he was really really under pressure he performed the best and like we all know he we, he made mistakes we all made mistakes but when the chips were down and when the pressure was on he could grind it out when we needed results when Citroen needed him to get big results he got them we got the victories got the podiums we got that second place in GB it comes part and parcel you either have it or you don't I obviously calling pace notes now or even back then or calling pace notes at this day and age is your right to call pace notes that's normal it's dealing with the pressure dealing when you step out of the car dealing with the media dealing with social media dealing with the manufacturers the organisers that's what you either have it or you don't yeah. and that's and you can't teach a fellow how to deal with pressure you can't deal with pressure with the expectations to get out of the car you can teach fellow called pace notes and and timing and all that, but and you either have that or you don't, and and some people are better at it than others. And then moving on to twenty sixteen, two more wins, Portugal and Finland, and particularly Finland, like you want to call it to beat the Finns on their home ground. There's still very few non non Scandinavians have done it. You know, you say. Argentina was memorable, but would Finland rank above that? Is it the equivalent of you know Monte Carlo for the F one guys winning Monaco? It is, yeah. Oh, no question whatsoever. Like we sixteen was a very mixed year. We'd obviously got the three year deal with Citroen, and and we had to do. We only did six rate rallies in the start. Of the year we weren't supposed to do Finland. We were going to do Poland, 
then there was South Polo under the championship the following year. So we said we hop back into Finland and we were able to pick and choose what we wanted and do all the recce's. And with Monty, we were, what happened? Oh, we were leading Monty. We were racing out Monty until we broke the gearbox. And that was some battle and we would have won Monty that year. And no question whatsoever. We we were on the way down to Sistron and we had the right tyres and Seb hadn't. And the gearbox broke to a crossroads and put us out of the rally. The farm was up and when, when the conference was up, and we, we landed in Portugal, obviously, first and, and led it again from start to finish. We had a bit of luck there. We didn't have much luck there, but a couple of stages were cancelled and we had a good role position. And going to Finland um, with a massive test and uh, the car felt incredible. And we knew that if we got a right, we could have a right go here. And, and it was all that weekend. It was nothing special. We did prepare no different. We did the whole thing, the recce, did the videos and everything. And Friday morning, we started Mocky Perry and did, it was the first year of the, the Ballards. And uh, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of hassle over that wire. They all put in just trying to carry the road and the, the I think Chris has said it many times. The first corner was a three left, which would be target for us, but he took it in fourth. And uh, it was the start of the whole the whole rally. And we're fastest there. And we led Friday night by, I'm not saying, 17 seconds. And we're going back in the road into Uvascular after a great loop. And we're fastest the most day, but Yari was on our tail. And I knew by the, I knew by the tone and the, the atmosphere and the car and everything, this, tomorrow will be special. And it'll be one way or the other. And... Uh, I knew that Chris said 17 seconds is a lot in Finland and the following morning was on a pie in reverse and um, everyone knew that 33 Ks in reverse would be was where the rally was going to be won and lost. It was pile on pile of Koski after which are Yari, Yari's three home stages and uh, if anyone knows in, in, in Uvasco we have to walk over the railway and down into the service park to get to Finland and, and we did the videos and I could hardly stay up walking with Chris across the railway and down into the stage and I'm going, if I can hardly stay from here walking, how am I going to stay up calling the pace not so them? <laughs> but uh, it was a long, long way out to Uvasco and we'd always chat briefly in the morning bits and pieces and there'd be quite enough going up the road but there was, there was very little communication and I knew there was 33 k's coming here that will be as good as we'll ever get and Look, the rest is history. We went through the stage and we're 14 seconds quicker than anyone. And uh, I remember Colin Clark at the finish line just bouncing around the place. And <laughs> uh, it, it was it was just, I've said it before, it's Chris Meek at his finest. And his finest hour, his finest stage, its finest result. Everything he ever did that weekend, it'll be his legacy and my legacy probably as well. But... He didn't even just do, uh, people took him on and pile, we ended up the other two pile and pile of Koski and he just stuck, keep sticking the knife into Yari, took yeah. five more, seven more and we'd, with a 40 second lead and 40 second lead come, 40 odd second lead coming Saturday evening in, in Finland is huge, like on yeah. Sunday luckily was, it was a, it was a walk in the park really and we just had to keep our nose clean and, it is the it is the holy grail rally. It's the biggest rally in the world. It's the fastest rally in the world. We hold the record as the yeah. 126 point something kilometers an hour and, it still holds to this day and it's hard to believe with all the new technology, all the supercars, the group mm-hmm. era, we call them the last mm-hmm. couple of years, the hybrid cars, no, no one can get near it. And yeah. as Callie Robin Pierce said to me, he's 14, he got it, he jumped school, he left school, he got his dad to leave school to watch Chris Meek win in Finland and it's hard to believe he's world champion now and makes me a lot, feel a lot older. Yes. But uh, it was a weekend, I was lucky enough, my wife was there and there was a lot of Ireland and, and for me to have Craig and Scotty on, on, on the podium as well, mm-hmm. you, you have to say for an Irish motorsport person in Ireland and it was the finest hour for Irish motorsport to have, to have myself Chris and Craig up there like mm-hmm. it'll never happen again no. I can tell you that now yeah. it doesn't matter what you mm-hmm. say it'll never happen again and, and mm-hmm. it'll go down it'll go down in memory is my finest my finest hour really yeah. and and uh, uh, on a point like 
Chris's notes will be quite technical. So you probably had a mountain of work to do on that stage. Yeah, I did, but uh, I remember I just stayed with him. I and like you, ha- you can't go too far ahead, Colin Payson on the pie because everything looks the same. And stay ahead of him and be careful of all these ballers that are over here on these cones. Uh, don't cut. But it just worked. It, you know, sometimes it just works, and we went ten seconds quicker the second time. And, uh, it, it just felt normal for him, and and again he gets into that zone, and you know, you just know sometimes there's there's no coming back from this, and he just went on from there, and it was it was it was incredible, and possibly should have won Corsica as well a couple of months later as well, but that didn't help, but that didn't didn't happen, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it'll always stand in in the history books really, and and a great moment. And again, no, probably a silly question, but no, do you savor at that at that time, or is it now looking back that you think you know I'm I am part of that story? <laughs> well, I'd, uh, I didn't say this too often, but at the end of six when we won Finland sixteen, I felt I was doing as good as the job as I could, and if I felt I was on I was top of my game, and and it felt normal, it felt comfortable, it felt everything, and I didn't think much in it I just knew I was felt great and I would say that now and I'd never talk yeah. that way but I'd roll the clock on 12 months later and I get out of the car in Finland in the 17 car and I sat in the ground and I said Chris I don't want to do this anymore right. and it takes 12 months of being yeah. thinking you're one of the best in the world and 12 months later and I, I, I don't want to go anymore I don't yeah. want to do this anymore I can't do it so you look back at all these things, but I, I, it'll take another couple of months. And Finland, not always remember, but see like Portugal and Argentina and Spain, all these ones that mm-hmm. I've won. They look back and look back in the videos and look at all that. But at the time, you can't. You can't stop. Yeah. If you stop, you look at the results. Great. Well done. And like we won Finland and three days later, we were testing in Spain. We got, mm-hmm. I, got home, I remember getting home Monday from Spain. And I won home Monday from Finland. And I was leaving in Tuesday to go to the Spain test. I remember up in fat, our Portugal sets up in fat in the in the C three. So we were I was home for I didn't even see anyone. I just came home, changed the bags and gone again. And, but that 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 was the time back then where we we were doing twelve twelve we did twelve tests in the C three and we did three days out of every one of them. That was thirty six days testing in two thousand sixteen in the C three. So we never saw home, we never saw nothing. And the rallies were bonus just to get out for a week's week's rally. <laughs> And then, like you know, the the new car come along, like and you had spent the year testing. Citroen, this was going to be the car. Like, uh, uh, did you know, like immediately in Monte Carlo, that things weren't right, or you know, was it something that you felt yes, we were going to be able to drive around and get it sorted? Yeah. We knew we had problems. We knew we had problems after there was a lot of in the end of sixteen and everything. We were over the launch in Abu Dhabi and and we were there with the prince and the owner of Manchester City football team and all these high rollers and everything. And we look at the car. Look, it looked beautiful. It was just it looked beautiful, Monty. But mm-hmm. we knew behind the scenes right. there was a lot going on that needed to be sorted. And I think to summed up and shakedown. Craig was in the DS three, uh, the DS three, and he was quicker than us in shakedown. And we were in this new fancy C three and. Obviously, Hayden Patton crashed in the first stage and there was a fatality and, and I think we would have been out to rally anyway before we got a red flag, the car was giving trouble. So it just went Sweden. It was it was undrivable. And, and we went from being favourites. I think we were two to one to win the World Championship. And geez, I said, I hope many fellas haven't put money in us anyway. But Citroen never been a bad car and I suppose their own legacy, they've, they've, they've had years of success. They're the best driver in the World Championship for 
on all time and we probably were on the back of that as well thinking yeah we can't be wrong the car must be right and it didn't turn out that way and look we, we won Mexico and I know you're going to bring it up anyway but yeah. so I might as well talk about it yeah. uh, we won Mexico we were, obviously we were fastest from the start the engine was very strong in the Citroen and uh, when you opened the, the, the altitude in Mexico the, we'd have a strong car and we were out on our own the whole weekend on our own leading it and obviously we ended up inside the car park for briefly but Go on, throw it away. You're, no, you're like, bound to ask something about yeah, this. But, but no, like Chris always credits you with being the calm, the calmness in the car at that stage. You know, you spotted that there was a way out. Like, do you just, you know, is there a calm comes over you at that point? You know, you don't panic. You go, right, we're in a situation. How do we deal with it? What do we do? Is that like almost like a natural reaction for you rather than, oh, shit, what, what's going to happen here? Do you just, right, get it sorted, get out of here? Uh, subconsciously you'll just get I need to find a way out and it went in through the hedge and all wheel we seem to be okay but just to get us out and I found, saw the gap in the ditch where we came in so mm-hmm. uh, he went straight for the end point row. but when I got through the finish line I said he said to me do we win it I said I don't think so because I didn't know how long we were in the car park we had with a 30 odd second lead and we dropped 17 inside her mm-hmm. and with a front right puncher but you look back at it now and it's funny and it's great and everything but at the time, we were lucky. Like if that Volk, if that Volkswagen Passat put it into reverse, another of one foot, the back rear wheel was off it. Uh-huh. Um, it'll go down in folklore history, and go down in history it was one of the greatest scares and rally uh-huh. victories and everything. And uh-huh. but it would it, it it gave us to get great give the team a great boost next like, week after a bad start with all the with all the drivers. And uh, we went to Karska uh, a month later, and we were, geez, we were flying, we were leading it by, we were way out in front again because the engine was so strong. The car was brilliant in tarmac. And uh, the engine blew past the flying finish on Saturday afternoon, and I mean, that was a big blow because you had a momentum. Like if you had won Mexico and you won Argentina, I won, won um, Karska going, and when Karska be special, it would have been one I'd like to have won. And to bring that forward into Argentina with two wins, you'd be up in the championship on, on the hunt. and Mm-hmm. You get that momentum. You get that that, and the team and everybody started yeah, everything, yeah, everything. Yeah. And then Argentina happened, and it was the biggest accident of my life. Yeah, I've had a lot of them. It was the biggest. Yeah. Um, we'd often we often Friday ourselves and Craig in the same corner broke broke suspension. We rolled. He didn't roll. He broke everything in the car, and because uh, we were running different suspensions and all the suspensions we ran in house at the moment, and all the other teams have gone external to. Liger extract and look I don't need to get into all yeah. the details but yeah. we crashed out and then Craig Cardin we started the following day pulled out and we went off uh, we went out and we were running around one of the stages at the top of the mountains and the car obviously it's not probably not the rear the car was was a bit temperamental at times and uh, we left the road at 183 kilometers an hour and we rolled between 11 and 14 or 15 times and that was it that was the beginning of the end Mm-hmm. And the, that, as you said, then you know Finland come round and you're sitting outside that car, going, I don't want to do that, to do this. Anymore. Oh, but it wasn't. It wasn't even no, like Kevin. We, we went. We went. We went to. We yeah. went to Portugal next. We crashed yeah. in Portugal, leading. Went to Sardinia, crashed. We were leading because we uh-huh. hit the bridge. We were dropped for Poland and we ended up in Finland. And right. we were shadows of people we were twelve months later. Shadows and yeah. and then Germany we went off in the super special. Um, and that was another another just a disaster. And then my wife went into labour that weekend, had a child, so I missed the birth of my child as well, which was very hard for me. 
Mm-hmm. But Craig, Chris deal, dealt with it very well and managed me as best he could and, and kept me on the straight and narrow and kept me in the ch- sport and, and minded me for the whole weekend and he mm-hmm. deserves a lot of credit for that. But again, you're on the you're then the whole world is against you, the whole social media is against you, the whole teams, everyone's every and then you have to dig deep and, yeah. and it's it's a dark place. It can be a dark place for your family, a dark place for myself and Chris. At the end of the day, we were still people, normal people who have the mortgage kids family mm-hmm. and you had you had an online community of people that were very harsh and you know you look back now you laugh at it but at the time i didn't i wouldn't be a big social media person to, in general we had to do it for the teams anyway but yeah. it can i can see how people get themselves into difficulties i saw my own mm-hmm. wife struggling at times upsets you with her saying mm-hmm. whether this and everything and you'd go to a function months later and and as a, with Motorsport Ireland, somebody looked down and goes, "Geez, what? Geez, what? That's the fellow who said something about us in there." Um, and you have to write the whole storm, and uh, 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 and it's all part of the game. Yes. And and when you're dealing with Chris, who's a high profile driver, he was high profile. He was making the front headlines and all this, and you had to deal with all that pressure. But again, he just soaks it all up, and you, you, we what three or four wrecks in a row, and and uh, a bad result in Finland he got out and win Spain and that's that's the character you needed mm-hmm. and uh, we knew in, in Spain when we were on the gravel and, uh, that if we were anywhere close getting on tarmac on Saturday and Sunday that we had a chance and, and when you got that Yokanta go-kart track mm-hmm. he was unstoppable and, and, and it was it was felt great you know to go back and win win yeah. in Spain after all the all the hardship we'd put in four or five mm-hmm. months like a lot of a call by ourselves a lot of call by the team Bits and pieces of the bad look and everything, and uh, but to win to mm-hmm. to win Spain then was and we struggled in GP and we a lot of hassle in Australia as well. But mm-hmm. Spain Spain summed it all up to uh, that what what we could do when we I had the, the, the right car. surroundings. Yeah. yeah, and like you said there too, I just you pick up on something there. Like you know, when your wife was starting to get, you know, that must be difficult. You know, you can accept it because you're in there, you're doing this job, and like if there's criticism. You might not like it, but you have to deal with it. So when it starts rippling out then to your wife and to your family, that's difficult, isn't it? There is, but sure, there's plenty of idiots in the world. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're, they're well people. Uh, we call them keyboard warriors. Like in yeah. trees, I'd be wondering sometimes, even when I retired here recently, like, did, did, did they have anything better to do? Did they not have a wife or a girlfriend they can go play with for a while or go drinking or something? Jesus, the comments the people put up, like, yeah. have they any life whatsoever? Yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, you just go, yeah, whatever back then. But uh, look, it's all part and part of his job, yeah. and it's getting it's getting bigger and bigger. Back then, it was big; it's got bigger now, mm-hmm. and you have to be the bigger man. But yeah, it, uh, yeah. there's no point to get into the ins and outs of what happened at Citroen. You know, it didn't end well. But you have still some great memories, Paul, from your time at Citroen. You know, nobody's ever going to take the the five ones off you. You know, Oi and Poya, like that special weekend in Finland. Oh, brilliant, brilliant part of my life and brilliant part of my career. Not even the Citroen days, but I was a PSA group back, going back 2008, 9, 10, Craig in 12 and 13, so I was, a, it was majority of my professional career with Citroen and you can knock them with some fantastic people there. Like I was teammates with Sebastian Loeb and Daniel Lane and Daniel Gratloop and, and Coco and all the boys that, 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 that were so, so influential in the team and the Mount and Mary Pierre and all the people that were so involved back in the great Citroen days, they were still there and like and Citroen didn't fall off a cliff overnight and mm. but it did end badly, like and to be fair in two thousand eighteen we didn't start badly. We we had a we had a fourth place in Mont I think fourth in Monty and Turbo went in in Sweden, a few issues, but 
we had the huge accident in Portugal and I think the pressure was on but uh, there was pressure on going along with the team I was struggling myself uh, within the team I was struggling as a co-driver I was struggling mentally physically everywhere with the team because things were going so badly and it came to an abrupt end in Portugal and, and to be fair we were leading on Friday we got a, a, a blow or a, what you call them a delamination and it put us back to the seventh obviously we it was a big accident it looked horrific on the pictures afterwards but um, we were both taken away to hospital airlift there was a bit of concussion and everything but I got home and I, it was a bit of weight off my shoulders you know I just mm-hmm. uh, I got a call Tuesday Wednesday that you're going to be either left or sacked or whatever whatever wording that was put mm-hmm. but we, we all saw the press release and I, there's no point going on about it we saw the press release was it was it was it well written probably not but look that's that's what happened and the powers mm-hmm. to be did that and to be fair, I remember I just switched off the phone. I, te- I, I knew before the whole world knew about 20 minutes before. So I just texted my dad and a few of my friends and said, right, I'm, I'm off the air here for 24 hours and I'm going to the... You know where I am. They knew where I'd be. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be fair, uh, it, it, it was part of me going, yeah, that's it. I've had enough of this crack. And I was sick of it. I was sick of the whole thing. I think Chris was sick of it as well. And mm-hmm. uh, just to, to walk away. Uh, but... We got our own justice back in years to come and the Citroen days were over, but the good were outweigh the bad. Yeah. Um, and I'll always look back in, in the good days and the bad days were made sour, but the sorrow was softened yeah. years later. Aye. You know, if you look back now, you you don't remember the bad. You'll, you remember the, <clears> the good far more, you know, that, that they're going to be the days you'll remember in the years to come. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, in the rest of eighteen, I was at home and 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 great times at home with the family and and Chris and and Craig and Scotty Martin and loads of lads were over. I was forty that year and it was great to be socialising, no pressure on, having great crack, big parties and enjoyed. And and all of a sudden, my dad got sick and I wouldn't have been able to spend the time with him for the last couple of months of his life if I was away rallying in Australia or wherever they were. And and, and like he was only he only sick for for four or five weeks and I was wrong for. I was building a Mark II Escort road car by Phil Mills, so I was able to go over to him and bring him over and do all these things. There was no rallies on, and yeah. Phil was always saying to me, don't worry about it. rallying comes and goes. And I was able to spend those quality time that I didn't know would mean so much to me after. And, you know, everything happened for a reason, and I got those three or four months of yeah. being sacked by Citroen, but it gave me three or four months with my family at home and, and to go through a difficult time as well. That's for sure, yeah. No, you, you know, that's, them's the things that you can cherish, you know, without a doubt, you know. And then um, Craig, then he had obviously had you know, lost his love of fairway rallying as well. But the lure of getting back home and doing a, I think it was just going to be a one-off doing Galway. But you know, to be come back then and get that you know Irish hug from the, the you know the Irish rally community for from Galway, did that? Yeah. Did that, did that you know bring back the spark to you immediately whenever you rolled up in Galway? That it was a Friday night then that was a ceremony of start. Yeah, Saturday. it did. Yeah, for sure it did. It was, I suppose, I didn't think I'd go. I over Christmas, I was going out know, all over, like in, in the World Championship rallying. I might pack it all up after that. I said I was just pure sick of it, and there was no opportunity. The whole musical chairs that happened in the World Championship, and there was there were seats floating around. Obviously, Scotty had left to go with Elfin, and and someone had gone in with Gus and Takamoto. There were all loads of the co-drivers going around, and I couldn't. Uh, I remember Tanik texting me, and would I go with Takamoto or get somebody I'd be interested with? one tack or one of the boys and I knew it's the current situation at home there was no way so I said no and I'm done I'm, I'm packing up and Craig obviously didn't fell between the stools as well and mm-hmm. Scott had to move on because Craig had nothing and Craig just said well, should we go to Galway and I goes no what why not 
why not and go and, and see can see can we enjoy ourselves and so the whole year was a was just a blast and yeah. we just loved every single bit of it going to Galway. We were in West Cork, we were in rallies in Italy. Um mm. winning West Cork in a very special part of the world for me it was my first major rally win, not an international but a rally win with Donny. And to go down there and win win the Circuit of Ireland, win in San Remo again ten years later after winning it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I had to go to Clarny and win I had to try and win Clarny. Like to be fair, I done one rally in Ireland from 08 to to two thousand and nineteen. And that's why I always say to any of the, the boys out in the world championship now that says rallying will be there when you go home. No disrespect to Irish rallying, no. but if you want to stay in the world championship, like the James of Fuzzy Fuzzy and Aaron and yeah. and uh, John Rowan, all the boys stay out now. You're in the world championship, you're learning the experience, stay there and I spend eleven years and gee, I missed it. I every year we can hear Killarney, all the boys going to the rally and I'm I'm sitting at home. I wish I was testing, I'd be away or I'd help out in the rally or do a course car or block a gap or something like that. Yes. But I got my chance then in, in nineteen and it was the fortieth anniversary and to, to have a go at the rally and I knew I knew starting the rally says right, I have the right driver, I have the car. It's the fourth anniversary. The last stage finishes on my dad's back door. We have to win this, and the pressure I put under Craig was worse than uh, than than any 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 pressure on any driver, and the pressure I put on myself as well. Like you know, I was under more pressure Sunday morning than I was on Sunday of Argentina or Sunday yeah. in Finland because uh-huh. like I had to win. I had yeah. to, and there was no question I had to win it, and uh, to win the go on and win the time and we went on and win Ypres in the polo. Yeah, and then the whole flood door, the floodgates opened again with Hyundai, which I thought never, never would happen. Uh, in uh, in my you, career, had you basically closed off that? You know, that's never going to happen again. Well, yeah, I, bo- I, I boxed that up. I boxed. Yeah. I said, no, I'm done. I have my five wins. I have my whatever, 13, 14 podiums at the time. So now I'm done. I that's it. No, and I go and jai rallying. I was loving. I was loving in the in polo and the Eper. It was yeah. just class. And yeah. in the boat, in the in the squad and San Remo, winning different rallies. Just and no pressure. No. Like people don't realize when you represent a manufacturer, you're representing the brand, you're representing the WRC and the pressure and all what's and follows that. And then you're just rocking up to uh, Epo, which is a brilliant rally in Poland, yeah. and just go win the rally. Yeah. And uh, obviously, when on, when Ulster won the Tournament Championship mm-hmm. and got the, got the rallies back in uh, with uh, with Hyundai and back um, in Finland and, and where we Finland and GB, I think that year was it yeah. or whatever uh-huh. rallies we were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be back in the Honda Fold for for the year with with COVID, uh, yeah. but you're back in when you're back in, and that's the worst thing when you get back into the bubble. It's it's it's, it's a drug like you're away it, again. You, you, again. Go, you, need, <laughs> you need to go. You need to go again. And obviously, for uh, like COVID, COVID, everyone lost something. COVID lost families, lost life, yeah. lost everything. But when you're rallying, you lose two years of yes. your age. And when I get older and everything and. I was fortunate enough to to be get to Estonia and, and finish second to Tanak with the Hyundai and uh, that was that was a that was a massive victory. That was a massive podium. I mean, yeah. like to be to be racing him and it showed Craig again coming back from from nowhere, coming out from nowhere, mm-hmm. had nothing, mm-hmm. and to and it helped him um, with COVID because no one was racing. There were we did Sweden. There was nothing until September, and everyone yeah. was tools down. Everyone mm-hmm. could do nothing. We were we were doing obviously. ERC were in Rally Rome. We were getting a few rides here and there. We could, yeah. but like it was very difficult out of the country and a lot of support from Motorsport Ireland to get us passes and get us mm-hmm. visas and waivers and everything. It was just a nightmare with all the isolation. But we got through some of the ERC rides. So we were pretty match fit. And uh, to, to go on for the second in, in 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 Estonia would be the same thing as myself and Chris finishing second in, in, in mm-hmm. Wales back in 15, looking for a big contract that Craig there put it there and Yes, that's it. We have mm-hmm. we have, we have a contract for the for for twenty twenty one. Yeah, and like 
like 2021, uh, like uh, it couldn't have been better. You know, you said part-time drive. They always say, you know, seat time's key. But you just weren't getting the same seat time as Neville or Tannock or any of the other guys. And every rally you just want to, you just seem to just slot straight back in again and go. Like it, 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 it says a, a, an awful lot for the calibre of the two, just two guys as well that were able to do that. Yeah, I don't know what it, what, what it was. It was. Craig just to rock up and pressure free, go out and get the results and see what happens. And mm-hmm. the highs and he was just flew in the Hyundai and loved it. And I suppose like. We were doing the ERC as well, and we were driving on MRF, so we took all the hard on the ERC days, and and with and it kept us in a half match fit. But just we, I knew in Estonia and Finland, Craig was always going to be good, and we had the knowledge of Epo winning as well, and when the confidence up, but but when we were leading Finland in, in Friday, Friday of of, of twenty one, um, to be racing everyone, they were all there, and to be reading Friday night after the dark stage was was incredible. I know Elton went on to win it, but. Uh, it was it was a special drive at Craig that yeah. day Friday was it was up there with one of his finest days um, mm-hmm. and obviously running the Sony again for the second and, and Ypres was a ding dong battle all day with 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 with, Ypres, with uh, Neville but then the whole high on the four thing was on the back back burner as well so right. look one of uh, Adamo did the right thing like we were, the two of us were racing neck yeah. and neck and someone someone there was a team decision made and then yeah. we were still racing he had the edge on us but uh-huh. we were going to fight him all the way and, and then the decision made to to, to finish as you said finish. before you're, you're representing the mark it's not you know it's not you and terry neville that's up in the rally it's you know it's a bit there's a bigger picture <laughs> oh there's a huge bigger picture and, uh-huh. and, and that's what sort uh the whole wrc live now and all the stages live and everything a lot of people don't see what goes on behind the scenes and all the testing and all, all the prep work and what the teams put into it and what the manufacturer wants and demands and everything yeah. so mm-hmm. look you're happy enough if you finish second in the villain neeper it's still a good result and yeah. and, and, and it, it gave us this big stepping stone in. Well, the, the whole thing was done with, with M Sport well and before before Epur, but uh, you still need to put pump in the results. And yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously going to M Sport was uh, was a big thing to get the big deal to to do the full season. That's what Craig wanted to do. And for me, I wanted to have another go. And and I've gone from one generation to another, and I'd, I'd be nice to sample the the hybrid generation, and that's what kept me going. And I knew I knew myself, I Paul, you're getting you're getting a bit long the tooth here for this, but. You'll have another go. You'll another go. You'd, you'd bite it two years. You'll try two years out of it if you can. But that would that would be it. But uh, yeah, and the new generation came in. Yeah. And and kind of you know what what's your take on the the hybrids? You know what is 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 it chalk and cheese? Is there much of a comparison? And then obviously there's issues there around you know slightly cramped cabin, the overheating issues you know on the hot rallies as well. So what was it like getting into the new cars? The last generation, as we call them, the 17 cars, the last generation cars were the ultimate Group E cars for us in our generation, our lifetime. And the new cars are very good. Obviously, we have to follow the protocols and help the manufacturers. They're still as quick, but they're, in some ways, they're quicker. You don't have the aero, which is a big, which is a big disadvantage now. And the safety inside the cars are incredible now. The new, the new safety cockpit and the seating positions. Yes, we're cramped. Yes, we're 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 the heat is huge. With the the the, the heat comes in front of my legs and comes around the exhaust, comes around my side as well. So it's it's a lot hotter, really, really hot and hot rallies. But in the what the FIA have done to make us safer in those cars, what the what compared to the last cars is is night and day. They have put in some resources. It's not easy to get into, not easy to get out of them. Our seats are so far off the ground, so far from the roof. You can't sit on the floor anymore. The seats bend when if you have a side impact, 
to go bend into each other. Myself and Craig, there's no really centre console. We're right beside each other, but it has a, it has a disadvantage in like I'm I'm six foot six foot one and and the cramping and seat position and in the heat and in Sardinia and everything and there was it was it was pretty intense in Portugal and everything to keep the concentration. But they're a new generation. They're a work of art. They're a work of art. The new cars and I think they've proved that they are still a spectacle and good to watch. And for us, obviously, started off very well in Monty. Um, we had a very solid weekend. As I say, Craig's a very clever driver. He he works the conditions, works the situation, and uh, to finish third and, and Monty would be my best podium outside the wins. Obviously, yeah. our wins, but to uh, to have two Frenchmen on the podium and and what, what's that like? You know, like from a like a rally nerd's point of view, like you're standing on the podium with probably the two greatest generations. Well, definitely of a, of a generation, if not ever. Like, is that not just like a bit surreal? <laughs> it, you know, this year was because I was probably going right. There won't be many more of these, but you need to take all these. You need to take all these now and, and enjoy them. And would you believe it? I got my Red Bull hat when I got the two steps to sign it. And and Craig decided to have inside my little museum out there now. And, and look at it and goes, that was a class podium because... It, you look back in the years to come and tell your grandchildren there's 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 two Irish boys there sitting on the podium there in, in Monaco there and they see the two boys left and right of them they're, they're uh, or the two boys down there they've 17 whatever how many world titles they have and how many rally wins and they're the two greatest drivers of all time yeah. and it, it was and we got the bus tour back down around to to, to the press conference everything and the whole weekend that weekend and the two Sebs are so good like they're you know there are big superstars in the world and and I have to mention, I Seb would bring us a spin in the helicopter for going to Paris, Seb Loeb. And I was struggling to get home from Australia in 19 when the, the fires were out there because uh, my wife was expecting the second baby. And to be fair, Seb Ojo gave me a, a flight in his private plane from Coffs Harbour down to Sydney because I was struggling to get a flight, get it home, just yeah. in case she went early. And nobody would, would offer you all those things. Like, they're actually still, you know, they might be the big global stars and, and maybe they're, they do come across a bit ego and... and yeah characters in the times but they're really really are genuine people and and, uh, and they're very good to call them as friends and to be on the podium beside them in monte um yeah it was it was it was definitely definitely class class yeah. we touch a class that weekend like i like you know as you you sit there like not only you know greatest two drivers probably of a lifetime but friends you know that is that's a nice touch isn't it you know <laughs> Yeah, they would. Well, especially yeah. Sebogia. He yeah. started out the same time as us, and Loeb was a hero before we mm-hmm. ever got there. But Sebogia was always involved, and in, like there were, uh, he's competitive himself. Tanek, all these boys in the bill, they're all competitive. They all have their when they put on the race suits, they're competitive. But when they're outside and um, away from the whole media and PR, they're they're genuine good lads. And like we'll start wrapping things up a wee bit now. Like whenever you and Chris was out in the world's uh, start. Like you're probably it was probably the lone Irish voices of two years. It's amazing the way this whole thing has developed. You know, motorsport Ireland, the, the academy is one thing, but just you know the natural flow of talent. You know, before you, the, you know, there was the Terry Harmons, the Fred Gallagher's, Ronan Morgans, or whatever. But there had been a gap for a few years. It's lovely to see that it, it's continuing on now. It is like when I came into World Championship, I was on my own there, and obviously Chris Patterson was there as well, and we plugged along together. But it's great to see you now Aaron there, um, mm-hmm. James Fulton and John Rowan now going with yeah. Josh McAleer next year. You know, and there'll be another there'll be another Irish co-driver as well in the World Championship next year as well, which will be announced later. Um 
it's it's great to see it. It's great, like it's great. It's great to see Aaron, Aaron now and Fuzzy get into the world championship. And uh, like I didn't know Aaron much before he got in with Oliver Salberg, and uh, he's now really shining in front, and he's in with the big team and everything. And uh, I'm gonna miss that. And we got on well all year and uh, and the racing all year. But uh, they always say, "Why would you retire?" Why do I says, "I'm 44 now." I says, "Aaron, you're 27. James, you're 30." <laughs> I said, all these boys in the early 30s, I said, would you be here in 15 years' time and doing a 16 year 17 in Aaron's case? Yes. And uh, even I was on to uh, Martin Tannock's man, he's 33 in Martin Europe, and then, what would you call him, Belgian Martin with Neville, he's only 30 as well. Right. You know, uh, they're a great bunch of lads, and, and as you said, the academy in Ireland now has progressed with drivers and co-drivers, and the opportunities are there, people want to put in the work in, but... Mm-hmm. I just felt it had to come, and I found Sardinia this year extremely difficult. Um, I came home a broken person. I was second overall. I couldn't wait. I could hardly get home. I could hardly get home. I was inside doctors for the the heat. I was sick that weekend anyway, which didn't help. Yeah. But uh, only for only for John Rowan and Mick Mick from M Sport, I wouldn't have finished the rally. Um, I was changing race boots every every two stages. My feet were burning. Right. I was. Wake up during the night with massive high. My heart rises through the roof because I couldn't get the blood, uh, my body temperature down. And I knew, I knew when I got home. I said, "Right, Paul, you need to have a chat with yourself right. here." Mm-hmm. And I went away on holidays in between Estonia and Finland, one of many, and uh, with a big chat away. And I said, "Right, has to come." And I spoke to Craig and Kenya. I said, "Right, there needs to be mm-hmm. a replacement at some stage." And whatever we need to look at this, and Craig goes, Craig will be now. Nah, we'll, we'll we'll look at that later. And I said, no, no, no. We need to start looking now. <laughs> we need to start looking uh, sooner rather than later. That I want, I want it out. I wanted, I need, I need, and I need to go on my own terms. I need to get out. The results weren't going away, and I felt to just you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. Yeah. And just surrounded in the car and everything. There was a lot more as well behind the scenes. And my kids were in age as well. And I had to yeah. stop at some time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and. I'd given it so much, and to go out as a in a factory team and a factory car on my terms is important too. Like, um, but it, it it took it took a while. I was like after Estonia, Finland, and then New Zealand. I think we really nailed it down that James would be would be the man to go forward. And he was in the academy. He was working with with um Josh. He was learning the rallies, and and he felt he was the man. Put him in for a test and. Like that's the people don't realize all oh, the amount of testing goes on behind the scene, the resources, and my body wasn't recovering quick enough. And before, like I was bouncing out of rally, going straight to the next rally, but you're going testing, and it's another three. Every test is three days away, and for my own wife and my own speed, last fifteen, her life, her her life was put a pause, and I put everyone else's life to pause. All my friends, mates, weddings, funerals, twenty twenty four parties, everything. Mm-hmm. I could do nothing. They had to walk around me and. And it felt that, yeah, now was the time to go. And uh, and I can't leave it go without saying, like, you know, when I announced my retirement, I went to hold the month again, social media, oh, I got sacked by Malcolm Wilson, Craig Green didn't want me, Ford didn't want me, I wasn't good enough. Like, can people not read between the lines? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had, like, it's written down in black and white, I'm retired from the sport. Yes. And uh, and I have to put that in there. I was just going, geez, people, like, you need to grow up a small bit in some parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. There's a life outside the rallying bubble, you know. <laughs> there is a life outside. And I, like, even people in the historic, congratulations on your retirement, but I still can't figure out how you would do it. I'm going, you haven't done 
effing clue have you? Uh, it's not just about showing up on a Friday morning with your Red Bull race suit and a fancy Red Bull helmet going rallying for three days. Like it's not just it's not yeah. just that. Like not the walk in the park it looks, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's been uh, like on the other hand, it's been brilliant and yeah. I've had the best friends. I miss I miss the lads. I miss some of my great friends. I said Image and Aaron and Scott Martin being myself and Scotty been around together for years and years and I miss the camaraderie all those and uh, and the friendships I built up with some of the drivers and the co drivers. Mm-hmm. But it all had to come to an end, and I thought Spain was the right place to happen. Yeah, I could then there's that natural progression then that Fuzzy was able to step in then for Japan, and that he wasn't starting the new year cold almost kind of thing. So well, yeah, no, but that was, yeah, that was the plan. Like it was either mm-hmm. it'd be very unfortunate, very hard, in putting some James into like the Monte Carlo yeah. straight off mm-hmm. at a new season, and it was either I do Monte or James does Japan, and I was happy enough to do. Mm-hmm. And I said I go to Japan help James, and mm-hmm. to be fair. They've all worked well there, and, and Craig Craig's happy with them. They've had, we've had a difficult difficult year, all three of us. But you're looking, mm-hmm. it's part of the game, and yeah. I've no, I've all the faith in Craig to bounce back. And he's had gone through enough during three rallying career that, that this is only a blip. This is even a, you would he's not even blinky. This has been a rough period this year, and it's a bad run. And uh, I, I wouldn't even even consider him um, any problems and no, back and die on die now next year and everything. So yeah, we mentioned earlier, you know, this deal that's in him. He, you know, he, you know, he has the adversity, but he he never seems to get it, let him get it and down. He always seems to come back again, bigger and better almost every time. Oh, he does. He will, and he will bounce back again next year. I have no question. He bounce back like he he doesn't need a full season to prove himself. He did it with Hyundai. Um, just think didn't work out a lot of the rallies this year. A lot of pros and cons he can speak about in years to come as yeah. well. It's not my place to be telling all yeah. the stories. So, uh, but I, yeah, I think he he he'll progress and and uh, I'll still go back in to do a few rallies with him. I mean, when it's outside the world championship and do bits and pieces. Whether I put back down the helmet anytime future, I don't know. I did historics last weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed it with a great race. Um, because. Uh, it's hard to stop, but you need to know if you start. If I end up going to Galway, you're in the, you'll end up in every rally in the country again. Yes. And if I'd like to do some other different things, I want I need to put something back into the sport. Um, I'll try and get some of my licenses upgraded and 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 put something back in that to the sport that's given me so much it deserves it, and I've learned a lot mm-hmm. on safety and everything, and I'll do otherwise, but. Never say never, like, and the boys think I'll be back co driving. They obviously by Portugal, the whole world championship settles down and I'll be back. But uh, currently, I currently don't, I'm, happy, I'm very happy with my decision. I don't yeah. miss it. Um, the week of Monty, you know, I probably uh, wouldn't be a great time to have a chat with me. I'd be, no. I'd be pacing, p- pacing up and down, pacing up and down, the, up and down the corridor here when you find time in Monty. But then when you realize you have to go to Sweden three weeks later and it's minus 20 or 30, you have to. Take about four flights to get to a test and everything. You're going, you know, I'm happy enough at home. <laughs> the feet up in front of the fire. Well, Paul, yeah. that's been an absolute pl- uh, privilege for uh, for myself and I'm sure Connor will like that. It, my sentiments. Oh no, absolutely! It's been a pleasure to listen to you. Um, genuinely, and I suppose one 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 last question for myself: <laughs> When you look back at your whole career, what's the what's the one standout moment for you? On a uh, international basis, winning Finland, there is there nothing get close to it. And on a personal life, would it be winning Killarney. It was always what I wanted to do. Um, it meant a lot to me. Um, there's been so many highs and lows. It's been it's been it's been just a roller coaster. Uh, I loved every part of my world championship career: the good, the highs, the lows, the 
the good times, the bad times, the enjoyment, uh, the friends I met. I have memories. I wouldn't be a big trophy man. I'd have loved the memorabilia of uh, of like of uh, model cars and and like bits of wings and bits of doors. And I have a fantastic uh, picture here signed by all the all the drivers when I retired in Spain. It means the world to me. Every all the world championship drivers signed it with a little comment. It's over there. A three D picture of me. That means more to me than any trophy. I'm a Finland trophies in the garage, and that 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 big picture here is just sitting there. So they're all moments that that mean mean an awful lot to me, and, and obviously winning rallies as well. But uh, it's it just been proud to be an Irishman in the World Championship, and all the people that have spent so much time and money and effort to follow us around the world with myself and Chris and myself and Craig, like. They've, they've sacrificed their, their their holidays and everything from supporting us and everything and, and the support I got in Spain and everything and this year was mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me and it meant a lot that I've given a lot to the sport which I probably wouldn't realise when you're sitting in this bubble at the World Championship for 20 years but uh, but on a, on a local front yeah winning, winning Killarney was, was 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 very special to me as well Yeah Kevin listen could have sat there for another hour or more you know, listening to Paul and, and in fairness, I actually did miss a chunk of it because uh, I had a power cut in the middle of it. So we were lucky that we uh, were able to keep the, the, the recording continuing. But um, yeah, I kind of dropped in and dropped out for a bit. So I, I, I missed a chunk and looking forward to listening back to it. Absolutely. You know, it was, a, it was like, oh, oh my God. But know, <laughs> we got through. We kept calm. <laughs> but again, you know, thank Paul once again, you know, for taking the time. It was a pleasure. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, please like, share, comment, rate, all those things. Gratefully appreciate it. Uh, that's the first one of 2023. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed 2022. Um, and thanks to everybody that took part. You know, uh, it was mind-blowing. And if we can get half the coverage that we've done last year, that'll be something else. But, you know, what a way to start the year. Onwards and upwards. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for listening and speak to you all soon and take care. Bye.